BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. And as I'm saying this, literally mid-sentence, it's hitting me that that was a little bit too perky. I said that in too upbeat of a tone for the topic that we're covering today. I should have gone like spooky, sexy, like, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. I do wonder if podcasting has like irreversibly changed my voice Because in the last few months, when I tell people that I'm a podcaster, they'll be like, oh, wow, you have a great voice for podcasting. And nobody ever said that to me like a year ago or even two years ago. Nobody nobody ever mentioned that. So I wonder if just subconsciously I've changed my voice. Anyway, not important. What is important is that you guys are little devils because I was only going to do one episode or sorry, no, I was going to do two episodes of spooky stories, but then you guys lovingly bullied me into doing three. And I'm so glad because these are some of my faves. These are the most anticipated episodes of the year. I actually don't know if that's true, but there's no real way to measure it. It seems like these are the most highly anticipated episodes of the year. Either way, the Booed Broadcast is here. It's back. And I think people might hate the title that I gave it. I think people might hate the the title, The Booed Broadcast, because I will get random messages like throughout the year of people being like, you could call it the bat broadcast or like the haunted broadcast. And I was like pretty proud of the booed broadcast, but then I got humbled real fast. But we're going to keep it. We're going to keep the booed broadcast because I like it. A lot of you guys were asking me like similar podcasts to the booed broadcast. So for like spooky stories. And first of all, I do think that what we said is doing a spooky story episode. I don't know if it's this week or next week. But I saw on their Instagram that they were collecting stories, so they're probably doing one soon. So you guys will get a double feature. You'll get a midweek refill of spooky stories. But then also, I listened to the podcast Scared to Death. It's actually what inspired the first round of the Booed broadcast. It's You guys have heard me talk about this comedian. I talk about his podcast, Time Suck, all the time. Dan Cummins has another podcast with his wife, and it's called Scared to Death, and they read spooky stories. Some of them are listener-submitted Some of them are just like from Reddit or Creepypasta or things like that. But it's a great October listen. It is explicit, though. And and uh, what's the word for what's the word I'm looking for? Like violent, violent. I, I, I don't know. It talks about blood and gore and like murder and stuff. So anyway, what other announcements do I have for you guys? I think just the merch launch that happened a few days ago. And um, 
yeah, still available over at Dear Media. And I think that that is everything. I never really have any cool announcements. One day I will. One day I will. One day I'm going to be so booked and busy that you guys won't even know. You guys won't even know what to do with it. I'm going to have so many announcements. But let's continue on. Let's cozy on up. Let's get into this year's scary spice. I'm going to give you guys a loving little trigger warning here because these are scary stories. If you haven't noticed yet, or if you're new here, these are our scary stories of the year. We do them every October and they do mention ghosts and haunted things and sometimes blood or death or bodies. And if you aren't into that, no worries. Absolutely no worries. I will catch you in November. Absolutely understand. I do just want to give a fair warning that maybe you shouldn't listen to these with young children or late at night or late at night with young children. That could be even worse. All right, enough of that. It's spooking time. Let's get into our first submission. My first encounter with a ghost was a friendly ghost. A little background first. I have an older brother who passed away when he was a baby, and I never met him, but I've always felt connected and close to him. One night when I was in high school, I came home late from hanging out with friends. I was the only one up, and I went to the bathroom to get ready for bed. I left the door open as I was washing my face and brushing my teeth. At one moment, I looked in the mirror at myself and saw a figure of a man behind me. I jumped and turned around as fast as I could. No one was there. I looked down the hall thinking it could have been my dad trying to scare me, but I could hear my dad snoring from my parents' room. I turned back into the bathroom and started to laugh. Even though I saw a ghost, I felt calm and I knew it was my brother pranking me like any older brother would do. I've had so many experiences with my brother since and I know he is close. Love the pod and love you. I wanted to start off with a sweet one. How sweet is that? If I die before my brothers, I will absolutely be haunting them and bugging them as much as possible. But anyway, this story, I think it's so cute. And also it just, you know, I don't know what happens when we die. I've got my theories. I've got my hopes and dreams for what happens when we die. But I just I just know too many stories like this. Too many people who feel a loved one close to them or can actually feel them like hugging them or holding them or see them or hear their voice that, you know, it's just the the evidence is overwhelming that something's going on after we die. I don't know what it is, but it seems like you can get maybe like a passport of some sort, um, Coco style to come visit. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I can see my brothers doing this. If they do die before me, I know that they will do things like this. Having brothers is a special kind of joy slash torture. If you're new here, I have seven of them. I have seven brothers. They're all older than me and I don't have any sisters. So if I'm an expert in literally anything, it's having brothers. Like for the first 22 years of my life, it was my only talent was having brothers. Like all of my, all of my brothers like have a thing or like a talent or a cool job or something. So when I go down the list of what they all do, I'll be like, yeah, you know, Chad does this, Sean does this, Tyson does this. And then I get to me and I'm like, and I am the only girl. And that's all. That's all I do. That's my only defining quality. <laughs> and I don't say that as a bad thing. It has defined a lot of my life. And it's a it's a good thing. I'm very, I'm very proud to be the sister of my brothers. I love them truly more than anything. But they can make me cry in less than five seconds, I would say. Like two or three words. If they start teasing me, I will quit any game. I will leave any event. I will throw a level five tantrum at the drop of a hat, really. The minute I'm around them, I'm instantly about, like I would say, 
I would say between nine and 11 years old. So, I mean, when I'm old and they're dead, I'm going to be playing like scattergories in my retirement home. And I'm going to hear a voice coming from behind me. And it's going to be like, that's such a stupid answer. And I will probably still cry then. But I'll be, I'll be glad to hear from them. I will. Okay, let's go on to our next story. This one is uh, terrifying. And it's also called Max, the Friendly Ghost. My husband, my three-year-old little boy, and I were living in the basement of my childhood home during the pandemic to quarantine with my family and save some money. One night around 3 a.m., the devil's hour, I heard my little boy crying on the baby monitor, so I got out of bed and opened our door. When I saw him at the end of the hall, the lights were off, but I could see his little figure slumped over in the tiny timeout chair that was in the corner of the hallway. I walked over to him, bent down, and said, what's going on, buddy? When he suddenly stood up, and it was not my little boy. It was a figure, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost, whatever you want to call it, of a little boy around my son's age with sandy blonde hair, wearing a brown and yellow striped shirt and brown overalls. I froze. He looked at me, smiled, and skipped down the steps into the family room and then disappeared. I stood up in disbelief at what had happened. I walked over to my son's room, opened the door, and saw him sleeping soundly in his bed. I got back into bed and laid there for a second going over what had just happened, but I recognized that I did not feel fear. It was a strange feeling, but there wasn't a presence of evil and I wasn't afraid. I eventually fell asleep but woke up the next morning still feeling a little weird. A couple days later, I could hear my little boy giggling in his bedroom, so I cracked open the door and said, what are you laughing about? While pointing to the empty corner of the room, he said, I'm laughing at my friend Max. He is so funny. My son was the only person in the room. There was no Max in his school class, at church, in our family, our neighborhood, not on a TV show he watched. We did not know a single person named Max. Since we also didn't know any Ghostbusters, and this seemed to be a harmless apparition, we simply acknowledged the fact that our new ghost friend Max was there to quarantine with us too. My son would laugh and talk to Max. Oh, wait. Sorry. My son laughing and talking to Max happened on a few more occasions in the time that we lived in the basement, but there was always a feeling of light and innocence when it happened, so we just accepted that Max was a friend and he wasn't there to harm us. Although we haven't had any appearances in our new home, whenever we hear a noise or something goes missing, my husband and I always look at each other and say, it's just Max. Okay, really happy for you that it ended up okay, but goodbye to the experience of picking up a child and it's not your kid. That is so scary. Kids are so scary. Kid ghosts to me, I don't know. We've had this discussion before, like what age level is the scariest ghost to see? I, I truly think it's kids because they're the ones you least expect. You know, they're the ones that you put all your guards down because whenever you see a kid, whenever you see like a little boy, you don't ever get creeped out. Like you're never scared. I'm scared at every adult. Every adult that I see scares me. So if I saw an adult ghost, I would already be like a certain level of scared. Do you get what I'm saying? If I see a kid, I'm not afraid. And then when you find out they're a ghost, the fear has a bigger increase. Do you get what I'm saying? But I do, I do absolutely believe that there are good and bad, you know, kind of vibes that you get from the ghosts that you interact with. I mean, if they're, I mean, if they're just hanging around, if they're just there to to hang out and quarantine and keep your kid busy, I guess what's what's the harm? Like, what do you do as a parent in that situation? Like, I had a niece who would talk about seeing monsters and stuff, and it's like, what do you do? Like, what, how do you handle that as a parent? You just let them ride it out, right? As long as they're okay and they're just saying like, yeah, my new my new invisible friend makes me laugh. You got to let it go, I suppose. All right, let's go on to the next one. Hi, Maddie. My spooky story still gives me goosebumps and I hope you enjoy it. 
It was about four years ago when I was in college. I had this group of friends who loved watching scary movies. I was never really one for horror films, but one night I caved. It was around midnight and we were watching The Conjuring. During the movie, paranormal activity happens at 3.07 every night, torturing this family. Yeah, I hated it, but I made it through. After the movie, one of the friends, one of my friends came back to my apartment with me and we were making some food. Naturally, with it being the middle of the night, he starts joking about how it was almost 3.07 trying to scare me. We are making a big joke out of it until just after three, I started feeling some pain in my arm. I walked into the bathroom to look into the mirror and I saw a huge bruise on the back of my arm. I've never had a bruise this big in my life and I have no idea where it came from since I didn't have it earlier that day. I was so terrified because in the movie, the mom starts to find bruises on her body during the witching hour. And by the end of the movie, you find out it's because the mom is possessed. I freaked. I was so scared and I made my friends spend the night and I couldn't sleep for a week. And then my roommate decided to watch it. And the next week she woke up to find a bruise on her leg that looked like someone had grabbed her. The worst part is that the movie is based on a true story. Luckily, I survived and I'm not possessed yet. But Maddie, it really was the scariest thing ever. I learned my lesson and now I stick to Hocus Pocus and Scooby-Doo. I am also not a horror movie type of gal. I don't really understand the draw. I'm going to be totally honest. The scariest movies I've seen, like I've seen Silence of the Lambs and I, I love it, but that doesn't feel as horror horror-y to me. It feels more like psychological and like true crime. Like that, that's, I would put it on the same level as like Gone Girl. Like it's not a horror movie, but it's like, you know, it's intense. I've also seen The Village, which I guess most people would call a horror movie, but again, more psychological and also Phantom of the Opera, which is absolutely a horror movie. I don't care what anybody says. Phantom of the Opera is the scariest, the scariest movie. Up until a couple of years ago, it was the scariest movie I had ever seen. Nobody acknowledges the the creepiness of it. Maybe people do. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not having many conversations about Phantom of the Opera. But you know what else is scary? Phantom of the Megaplex. That one is also scary. Yeah, all horror. Anyway, I do. I Okay, you're, you guys are going to get a lot of my opinions on the supernatural today, obviously. And I do think that if you ask for it, you can usually find a way to, to, to discover what you're looking for. That's why, like, I think Ouija boards are real. I think if you're going to if you're going to sit down and ask for it, the, the, the ghouls are going to jump at the at the opportunity. Yeah, but that's pretty much why I've never watched horror movies, because I do believe that brushes with the supernatural are absolutely real. I have never had one. I, I haven't ever had one. The, the most supernatural thing that's ever happened to me is I took an Ambien one night and I did see a lady in a white dress walk through the wall. But again, Ambien. So yeah, I do believe they're real. And even if we find out that like they're not, like if down the line we find out that things are not haunted and thing, you know, ghosts aren't real, I feel like if you watch horror movies, your mind will convince you that they're real. And then they will feel real in your life. That's manifestation, baby. That's what happens when you manifest your reality. If you're putting all that horror in your brain, it's bound to come out. Okay. All right. Next one. One night, my husband and I went to dinner and then came home to watch some football games. We were watching the TV in our room and I was startled by what sounded like someone in our living room. My husband is hard of hearing, so he didn't hear anything and the TV volume was on full blast. So I wasn't positive of what I heard but it did sound like someone was jiggling the front door handle as if they were trying to unlock it. Then shortly after, it sounded like someone had closed the vent latch door where our AC filter is. 
I'm an overly cautious and easily spooked person. So at this point, I was basically gaslighting myself into thinking I was imagining things. I go to step in the shower and it is soaking wet as if someone just showered. My husband and I used separate bathrooms and my previous shower was 24 hours prior. So there was no way it was either of us. I thought, could it be a leak? No, someone 100% had the shower on. After I showered, I walked by my office and noticed the closet door was open and a bunch of things stored in there fell out onto the floor. It's 1.30 a.m. at this point and I'm freaked out, so I run into my room to wake my husband up. We did a full sweep of our house and found nothing. All the doors were locked, including the deadbolts, so they either had to have a key or accessed our house another way. I go to open our vent door where our AC filter is and discovered it is large enough that a human could easily fit in it and crawl through if they wanted to. Absolutely terrifying. What scares me the most now is we never found out for sure, but I am 100% convinced that someone was in my house that night. Okay, someone asked me one time, it actually might have been Ash on our episode, I don't know, but the question was something like, would you rather have a serial killer after you or a ghost? Like a malicious, malicious? Whatever, a bad ghost or a serial killer. Maybe it was something different or more detailed, but if that's the question, I take the ghost 100 out of 100 times. Like an apparition from the depths of hell who hangs out with the devil, is literally less scary to me than a human man. Like, you can get rid of ghosts. You know, holy water, uh, spells, prayers, any of the above. Those don't work on men. So I'm with you that this feels absolutely terrifying. Okay, next one. Do you guys remember that story that went viral a couple years ago of the, the guy who was living in the attic of that woman's apartment for like months and she would come home and like food would be eaten and things would be taken and she didn't know what was going on. And so they reached up and took a picture of their attic and it was a guy living up there. Oh my gosh, that freaks me out. That absolutely freaks me out. I'm going to look it up one second. Okay. I just found it with the original Facebook post. First of all, it's the scariest photo I've ever seen. It's the creepiest looking thing. Just look up guy living in attic and you'll see it. And the original post says, y'all, check your attics. My mom has been hearing noises in her attic, so she took a selfie stick to see if there were animals living up there, and this is what they got. This man has a whole setup in her house. Anyway, the police got him out, but he had been living in her attic for a year. When she would leave the house, he would come down, eat her food, and use her shower. I know this sounds strange and straight off of criminal minds, but I swear it's real life. Ooh, I cannot imagine. I don't know. As I read that, it's it's a little like cavalier for what's happening when she's just like, OMG, my mom found this guy in her attic. Like we should be freaking out about that. And like the final, like the the last sentence, just like, ew, I cannot imagine. It's like, hey, you didn't like go on a bad date. Like there's an actual human being living in your mom's attic. Like be a little more concerned, please. Today's episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Dipsy. All right, you guys already know this about me, but I am a self-care queen. And if you're new here, let me fill you in. I am a self-care queen. All right, I'm always encouraging you guys to just set aside some time for yourself, do a, a deep condition, a face mask, go to a yoga class, take some deep breaths, whatever it looks like for you. But I'm gonna ask you a question and I want you to be very honest with yourself. How often are you taking care of all of your needs. You know what I mean? 
Transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy because self-care like that has never sounded better. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. They're also highly inclusive, and they have stories for straight and queer listeners. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, and probably again, you can always find something new to explore. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of The Bad Broadcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. Again, that is dipsystories.com slash bad. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Element. So if you're like me, you thought that you only needed to replenish your electrolytes if you were like a marathon runner or working out really hard. But turns out there's a lot of scenarios where you need to get your electrolytes replenished. This can be after having a few glasses of wine. Maybe it's just a particularly hot day and you're super sweaty or obviously when you work out. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. This means a lot of salt and no sugar. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. I actually first heard about Element on the Huberman Lab podcast that's hosted by a neuroscientist. Remember, I told you guys about him a couple weeks ago. I followed like all of his sleep advice. I heard him talk about this, tried it, felt way better. It's become my go-to when I have a headache, especially because I usually get a headache when I've had too much caffeine or I'm overworked or something like that. So I drink Element. It's actually kind of spooky how quick it works. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours when you go to drinkelement.com slash badbroadcast. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash badbroadcast. Element also offers no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Okay, let's go on to our next story. They say, I swear on my life, this really happened. And even though I was young, it happened. I didn't imagine it. Okay, all of that was in all caps, by the way. I believe you. I believe you. For these episodes, I mean, for most, for most like spooky stories, I suspend, I suspend my suspicion. All right, here we go. I had nightmares frequently as a child. And when I would have one, I would wake up and then run into my parents' room so I could sleep next to my dad. And then he'd carry me back to my bed when I fell asleep. Literally happened until I was probably 15. I know it's super weird. So this story happens when I was eight. I had a bad dream and woke up preparing myself to make the terrifying run in the dark to my parents' room, which was across the hall. We all slept with our doors open and I was a, when I was a kid so I could have an easier time running into the next room. This meant that I could see into my parents' room and they had an old rocking chair in there. As I'm staring into the room, I see something under the rocking chair move. Now, yes, I was jumpy from my dream, so I kind of brushed it aside. But all of a sudden, the room went dark. It was already dark, but it went dark, dark. Like the air was thick with blackness and I couldn't seem to see very much anymore. 
I felt this heavy, dark feeling pressing on my soul, and I knew I wasn't the only one awake in my house. I kept staring as hard as I could under the chair as I started to inch my foot towards the door. The second my foot hit the floor, something sprints at me from under that chair. It reminded me of a dwarf from Snow White, but demon style. Think creepy old troll with long fingers and a demonic smile. It wrapped its hands around my ankle and started trying to yank me out of bed while smiling. The second his hands touched my leg, it was like icicles on my skin and it felt like concrete being poured all over my body so I couldn't even move or scream. Eventually, and I'm not sure how, I gathered the strength to kick it with my other foot. It ran away immediately and I scrambled back under the covers with my heart racing. I remember singing children's songs because I didn't know what else to do. I must have eventually fallen asleep because the next morning I woke up to a normal day. I asked my twin who shared a room with me if they saw or heard anything, and she had no idea what I was talking about. My parents didn't believe me that it was real. They said it was just a bad dream, and honestly, I can't blame them for not telling an eight-year-old that, yes, it was a demon and it tried to kidnap you in the night. But get this, the next morning, my ankle was bruised and swollen. That's how I know it was real. All right, big yikes on this one. And I, we do have a lot of sleep paralysis submissions come through. Like, I feel like a lot of people have, I mean, have things like while they're sleeping and they're they're stuck and they can't yell, they can't sit up, they can't move. And I realized, like, this was like a few weeks ago that I have sleep paralysis. And I didn't know that that was going on. And then Matt was asking me how I slept one night. And I was like, yeah, it's so weird because I have nightmares, but I, and I'm like kind of awake during them. Like, I know what's going on. I know I'm in my room. I know where I am, but I can't yell and I can't open my eyes and I can't do anything about it. And Matt was like, yeah, that's sleep paralysis. I was like, huh. I hear people explain it all the time, but I've never sat down and been like, oh, I have that. But I, I, I must. That must be what's going on because it happens so often, less often now that I've like started working on my on my sleep schedule and and take supplements that help me sleep and things. But if I would just fall asleep on my own or take like a melatonin, melatonin gives me whack dreams. Like I, I always have nightmares when I take melatonin or if I don't take anything to sleep. And yeah, I always have it where like someone's grabbing me or holding me and I'm, I feel like I'm in a block of cement. I feel like when she said that, when she said it, it was like cement being poured all over her, that is ex- the exact feeling. And then it feels like your mouth is being held shut. It's so scary. I thought I was just having normal nightmares. And then I realized that, uh, yeah, definitely having a, a bit of sleep paralysis. I should get that checked. I should uh, definitely look into that. Okay, let's move on. My husband and I bought our first home, the home we're currently living in, about five years ago. It was built in the 50s, so it has a little bit of age. Pretty soon after we moved in, our kids and I started noticing some ghostly activity, Kind of -of run-of-the-mill stuff, seeing things out of the corner of your eye, being alone but not feeling alone, unexplained footsteps, etc. Within the first couple of weeks living there, I was singing my daughter to sleep and my four-year-old son in the neighboring bedroom called Mom, I love when that woman sings with you. Okay, goodbye. That was one of the creepier things to happen. I grew up in a haunted house that was negative and scary, but I've never been scared in our current home until recently. This last year, a couple things have happened that I can't quite explain. My husband is a first responder and works nights. On this particular night he was working, I had fallen asleep in bed with the TV on. I woke up facing my side table and grabbed the remote to turn off the TV. And when I rolled over to face the TV, there was an all black figure standing at the end of my bed between me and the dresser the TV sits on. I have a nine-year-old son now, and I would say the figure was around his height, so shorter than five feet tall. 
The figure had no face or features, but it was so black, blacker than anything I've ever seen before, like it was the absence of light. Right when I looked at it, the figure disappeared, but left behind what seemed to be clothing that kept their shape. They were suspended in air for a quick moment and then fell to the floor. I sat up and leaned over at the end of my bed to look at the floor, and there was nothing there. I jumped because I heard something and saw something in my peripheral standing in the doorway. It was my dog staring at the exact same spot I had just seen whatever was left from the black figure puddle to the floor. She was growling. I want to pause right here that I have been extra weepy lately. I forgot my medicine two days in a row, and that always makes me like more emotional. I feel like I'm going to cry reading this. I feel like I'm about to burst into tears. Okay, let's continue. Fast forward a couple months, and my husband and I were in our room one afternoon putting our clean laundry away. He was standing by the dresser, our TV sits on, putting things away, and I was standing in front of our open closet hanging clothes on hangers. Our three kids were all playing in the hallway. We were in the middle of a conversation, and I was mainly paying attention to him and putting things away. Out of my peripheral, I saw what I thought must be my nine-year-old son walk from next to my husband across the room and right in front of me into our closet. I even moved what I had on the hanger in my hands back and took a step back because he walked right in front of me. I never looked at him because I was talking with my husband. When I turned to hang the clothing back up, I reached into the clothes that I saw him walk into trying to spook him because I figured he was going to jump out or something and try to scare me. And nothing was there. I turned and looked down the hall and all three of my kids were in a dog pile at the end of the hall. My husband didn't see anything, but in hindsight, the figure walked from the same spot I had seen it in that night. You know how you can see coloring in your periphery? After it happened, I realized that thing I saw was definitely black. I'm convinced it was the same thing I saw that night. Then there's another section, same same person who submitted this, but it says separate but similar. I haven't seen it since, but somewhat recently, my six-year-old daughter and nine-year-old son told me separately that they sometimes see a black figure in a hat sitting on the toilet. I thought, that is so random. My daughter drew me a picture of him, and when she gave it to me, she told me she couldn't get the black dark enough. I asked what she meant, and she said that he's blacker than she could color. I told her that our son had also seen the man, and she ran to him excited and said, you've seen the black toilet man? That's what I heard them call it. I recently learned about the hat man. I had never heard of it before, so I googled it, and my daughter's drawing looks exactly like what people have reported the hat man being. Not sure why the hat man would hang out on a toilet, but we've got some weird stuff happening in this house. All right. I uh, don't recommend Googling the hat man unless you genuinely don't want to sleep tonight. That one does. It does shake me up a little bit. And I know that I would also be scared if I if I saw something like this, like it would freak me the hell out. However, here's where I am going to offer some some peace. OK, it doesn't seem like these these things can hurt you. That's at least in my very uneducated opinion. It just seems like they can't hurt you. Otherwise, they they would or they would like come around during the day or they would do other things other than just showing up. So I don't know if that makes people feel better or worse or whatever. But I do sometimes think that when ghosts show up to hang out, they're just like playing practical jokes and then they go back to hell or wherever they are and they like laugh about it with their friends. I don't think that they can hurt you. Okay, maybe I'm saying this and like ghosts, if you're listening, if anyone's planning on it, please don't come after me. I'm very scared and you can just take me. I would rather you just take me than scare me and then take me. Okay, just I'm I'm a willing participant if that's the options. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. 
It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. Sometimes your brain just tells you to stay where it is. Sometimes it just wants to wallow or cry or lay in bed or do all three. Hate to admit it, but this usually is my course of action. At least it was before I got into therapy and started learning real tools on how to not avoid my feelings and actually deal with what's going on. When you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling and it can completely change the way you live your day-to-day life. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. I am a big big therapy guy. Therapy and journaling, really. Those are the two things that I feel like are the secret weapons to living a living a happy life. I just like getting unbiased advice because whenever I have a problem and I go to somebody that I know or a friend or a family member, they're always going to give you advice that's, you know, based on everything they know about you. When you go to a therapist, they can give you objective advice. They can look at your situation from a perspective that most people can't. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash bad, BetterHelp.com slash bad. Today's episode is sponsored by Newly. All right, fall is here. Holidays are right around the corner. And I don't know about you, but I get real sick of buying new outfits for every single thing that I have to go to. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. So for just $88 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You can choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on, from going out looks to premium denim to cozy sweaters, plus one of a kind vintage pieces. You have access to thousands of styles for more than 300 brands, and they also stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes up to 5X and maternity. They've got fast, free shipping, and they have professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, so you don't have any laundry to worry about. You also have the option to buy what you love at a discount. I'm pretty sure, I think I've purchased something from every single Newly box that I've gotten. You can get your fall fashion just right, tight, and ready to go. Also, fall is prime wedding season, and Newly has styles to rent for every dress code, from casual to black tie, and for every event from the bachelorette party to the after party. My favorite thing about Newly is trying things that I maybe normally wouldn't try, but you don't have to purchase them. You can just rent them, and then if they don't work, you send them back. If you love it, you purchase it. It's way more fun and way more sustainable than regular shopping. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BAD20. That's BAD20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BAD20 and sign up to get $20 off of your first month. That's NUULY.com, Newly with two U's with code BAD20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com.
Okay, let's go on to the next one. During a high school football game, my friends and I decided to go wander through the halls of the school. Our school is outside, so we could access the whole school. As we were wandering, we noticed an orb following us. It was white and looked like a ball of light. We started running and it followed us. This was during the clown craze where people would dress up as clowns and either just stand there or chase you. As we were running, we turned a corner. Boom. Clown. Just standing there. Scared the shit out of us. We didn't wander the halls late at night anymore after that. This one was the shortest one I've read so far and also the biggest curveball. When an orb of light started following you, I did not expect you to end up face to face with a clown. I'm going to be honest. What a bad, uh, bad trend that was. Clowns, people dressing up as clowns and following you around. That reminds me of the promo that people are doing for that new horror movie, Smile, where they're just hiring people to go to like sporting events or shopping malls or airports and just sit there and smile like with a blank stare. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. (laughs) I hate when people take something that's supposed to be happy and they make it into something horrible like smiling and clowns. Clowns are supposed to be funny. I don't think anybody's using clowns for literally anything anymore. They're too tainted. After John Wayne Gacy, I don't think so. All right, next one. Early one morning, I heard an earth-shattering scream coming from my daughter's room. I ran upstairs to find a live bat on her floor. She was 16 and woke up and felt what she thought was a folded fan in the sleeve of her pajama. She pulled it out and realized it was in fact a bat. I have to add, we don't live in the middle of the woods or anything like that. I killed the bat with a broomstick like any good witch would do. But because bat bites are invisible, all six of us had to be vaccinated for rabies, which is several rounds of painful shots. We saw many different medical professionals during those visits, and no one had ever heard of anything like this before. They say that bats fly away from people. They don't usually snuggle in bed with you. Nope. Sometimes I find like a loose pair of underwear in my pants, like from laundry, you know, like it'll get stuck in there and I'll wear them. That experience leaves me spooked for days on end. Imagine finding a live bat in your pant leg. Just sit with that for a minute. That might be the scariest thing. I, I, might, I might choose the black hat man. I might choose the, him sitting on my toilet every single night, then finding a bat in my pants. Okay, next one. I was in Italy on a solo vacation earlier this year. Solo meaning me, myself, and I gallivanting around magical Italy alone. Yes, queen, slay. I was in my bathroom in my hotel in Florence getting ready for bed. The hotel was incredible. It's an original building and each room is designed and decorated differently with found objects and unique decor from the owner's travels and passion for design and antiques. I mean, I got to say, I got to pause right here. You're asking for a haunting, man. Decorating a hotel with found objects. Come on. It was dark and quiet other than a few lamps that I had on. I was washing my face and while I was mid-wash with my eyes closed, I heard a very distinct hello whispered into the back of my neck. Instinct made me jump back and cower. It was bone chilling. I had never felt anything like that before in my life. I was shaking and slowly with soap covered hands and face walked out of the bathroom into the room and looked for whoever spoke. Nothing and no one was there. I racked my brain trying to think if maybe another guest whispered through my locked door but it wasn't computing because the voice was almost right in my ear. I even looked up and down the hall and in the common room. Nothing. I had the distinct notion that everything was okay and whatever said hello wasn't looking to do anything bad, but was just saying hello. 
Still, sleeping was difficult that night. I stayed another three nights and never heard anything again. Would I go back to that hotel? Absolutely. It was amazing, but I've never been so scared in my life. Okay, I sat with this one for a minute after I had I had read it. And I started thinking just about hotels in general. We practice a lot of ignorance when we go into a hotel. Like we have no idea what could have happened in any of the rooms. Pretty sure they do not have to tell you. I don't know if that's true, but feels like they don't have to tell you if anything like scary happens in your hotel room. <laughs> we have no idea. Not only that, not only like could somebody have been like murdered in your room, but what about just like the very fact that somebody else has bathed in that place? Somebody that you don't know. Somebody else has slept in that bed. Somebody else has like walked on that carpet. I started wearing, I started bringing slippers on vacation because somebody brought up, oh, I, I was, I saw it on Amber Filler Up's story but she had heard it in an episode of Smartless. Jason Bateman said it, that he is grossed out by hotel carpet. So he wears slippers now. And now I can't go without it. And if I don't have my slippers with me, I will lay out a trail of towels and walk on them because I am so scared. Think somebody with athlete's foot could be walking around on that carpet. They would never tell you. You would have no idea. I'm so sorry to ruin hotels for you. I mean, I would rather find out that somebody was literally murdered in the shower I'm using than somebody who had ringworm walked on my carpet. Sick. Okay, let's go on. After that cheerful, cheerful rant, the night of my senior prom, me and my best friend went with guys we didn't know very well that were duds and didn't want to dance or stay long. So we decided to leave and go to Skinwalker Ranch near our school in Roosevelt, Utah, which we had been to tons of times. Bad move. Bad move right off the bat. So sorry. I don't even like saying the title of that. I don't like talking about it. It's very, it's a spooky place. All right. She goes on. It's a creepy, it's a creepy place where lots of strange spooky things have happened and the government ended up buying it and trying to keep people out with blockades, guards, and dogs. But we still went all the time to try to get scared. There's some documentaries on Hulu about the ranch. Yeah. There's lots of, there's lots of stuff about, about the ranch that is, I don't uh, count me out, count me out for that, that study group. So as we were driving in, we passed a yellowish Oldsmobile-style car. We didn't think anything of it. We went into the ranch area and sat there for a while, and nothing happened. So we were leaving and got out to the main road and passed the same car on the side of the road again. And my best friend said, you guys, I think I just saw a body by that car. We didn't believe her, especially the guys. They thought she was just trying to get spooked. She kept saying she was 90% sure until she finally convinced me, and we begged the guys to turn around because she was so sure they wouldn't turn around. The next day, my friend calls me and says, have you seen the news? She sends me a link to a story about some kind of hit and run crime taking place on that same road, and the body was left by that same car's description. They had discovered it that morning. My friend was right. She had seen a body, and it must have occurred during the time we were in the ranch because we didn't see a body on the way in. And it wasn't as dark as when we were headed in, so we would have noticed. Definitely the scariest thing I've ever experienced, and it makes me sick to my stomach to think maybe we could have helped if the person was still alive when we passed them that night and that we would have discovered the body like 12 or so hours before anyone else did. Well, first of all, I mean, it's it's not your fault. You, it's, it's not your fault. Okay, I want to make sure that that's very clear that you didn't do anything wrong and you acted as any normal person would do. This one is less like ooh, spooky and more like I'm so sorry that you experienced that. That would be so scary and so hard and so confusing. And every time, I mean, I don't I don't listen to true crime anymore. I used to listen to it all the time. I've 
I've I've moved on from consuming anything like that. But every time I would hear a story and somebody would, you know, call the police because they found a body or something, I would just think about that person. I'd feel so bad for them, so bad that they had to experience that. So yeah, you did everything right. And again, very sorry, very, very sorry that you had to you had to even think about that. I've talked about it a little bit, kind of getting over my true crime obsession. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't find any value in it anymore. I used to be like, I used to convince myself that it made me like more aware and it made me smarter and it made me all of all of these things. I used to be like, oh, if I ever witness a crime, like I'm going to be the perfect witness because I've listened to all those true crime. I will sometimes listen to like true crime stories now. If it's something like old or historic, like if it's like Jack the Ripper or like Devil in the White City, things like that, things that are historic and they happened a hundred years ago or more. But sometimes I listen to these stories like on Crime Junkie or Morbid, which are two of the most famous podcasts out there right now. And they're doing stories about people who died or went missing like less than a year ago or like two years ago. And I'm like, these families are still going through that. These families are still dealing with the grief of losing somebody and we're like consuming it for entertainment. I don't care if people listen to true crime. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are very interested in it. And I do think that it brings a lot of awareness to cases. Like I know Crime Junkie has done follow up episodes with family members and they've said that it helped get the word out or they do fundraisers or something like that. So there's definitely some good that comes from it. So I'm not saying that everybody who consumes true crime is like insane. I totally get why people do. But for me, I just... It's too much like fear in my brain, too much fear and death and like badness in my brain. All right, moving, moving along after that random tangent. My father-in-law went into cardiac arrest at my house and I ended up doing chest compressions for five minutes until paramedics arrived. That, that is wild. That is that could be its own story just right there. Anyway, they go on. He made a full recovery despite being dead for five minutes, but it was so scary and stressful. I, I would imagine. Yes. A couple nights later, I'm sleeping on my stomach and I wake up. I can't move a muscle and there's something pushing down hard on my back like hands or claws digging in. I can't see what's on top of me and I can't move to check, but my face is turned turned towards our bathroom. At my sink, I see the shadow of a tall man standing there. All I can do is open my mouth to scream, but no sound comes out. I'm screaming and screaming, knowing if I could just make any kind of noise, my husband would wake up and everything would be okay. But I can't move to nudge him or make any kind of sound, even though I'm fighting so hard to move and scream. All of a sudden, the shadow rushes me and I'm finally able to let out a scream. I can move and whatever was on my back went away. My husband immediately woke up and I hung on to him the rest of the night. I still can't sleep on my stomach, which is a tragedy. And I like to be in bed before the lights go out. Yeah, these these stories, this these sleep paralysis things. I think we talked about this last year. The night, the night witch or like the night hag. There's some there's some old folklore about sleep paralysis of something that sits on you, like sits on your chest or on your back if you're sleeping on your stomach. And it's like the trademark of sleep paralysis. That is uh that is terrifying. And in the same week that you just did chest compressions for five minutes on your almost dead father-in-law, that is so terrifying. I feel like you should be rewarded. You should be getting rewarded for doing that. It should be illegal to be visited by a sleep paralysis demon the same week that you save a life. Unfair. Today's episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Chime. You want to know something I don't understand at all? Credit scores. 
I don't know. I don't know how to increase them. I don't know what makes them decrease. I really don't know anything about my own credit score except what the numbers are. It's stressful and confusing and I hate checking it. It's not like when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is check your credit score. But at Chime, that is exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. I do know that building credit is better than destroying credit. I will say that I know that uh, that one fact about credit scores. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build your credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. It takes only two minutes to sign up and it doesn't affect your credit score at all. Get started at Chime.com bad. That's Chime.com bad. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank N.A. pursuant to a license from Visa USA. Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user score may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Hey, beautiful people. My name is Elisa Reynolds, and I'm the executive chef and founder of My Two Cents LA and host of My Last Meal, a new podcast that asks people from all walks of life, whether it's musicians, celebrities, artists, chefs, scientists, Renaissance men and women, what their last meal on earth would be and why. So don't forget to tune in on Fridays. You can find us anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So why not? Let me tell you about the last meal. All right, next one. This story is spooky, but also just straight up traumatizing. When I was in college, I lived with six girls and all of us were good friends. Our apartment had a main floor with a living room and then three girls lived upstairs and three lived downstairs. We also had a back door on the main level that went to a parking lot. One night in October, one of us heard a knock on the door and answered it. It was a bunch of people in clown masks. They ran in and immediately went to go turn off the lights. It immediately, it immediately felt scary and not at all like a funny prank. One of the clowns called out one of my roommates by name. None of us had any idea who it was. One roommate ran out the back door to go get our guy neighbors, and one of the clowns went and locked the doors. We tried to run upstairs to get our roommate who was in the shower and probably the only one of us who could beat someone's ass, LOL, and a clown also ran up the stairs. One of the clowns was filming at the door. When they realized help was coming, they yelled to each other to hurry and leave. We were all bawling. One of our guy friends came over to comfort us, and we knew we had to talk to campus police and give a statement. We asked everyone we knew if it was them because we desperately wanted to know it was just some stupid prank and not actually as scary as it felt. We didn't figure out anything and neither did the police and it was sure the talk around campus for a while. Needless to say, we always locked our doors after that and we were scared to death all Halloween season. We're all still in contact and on occasion laugh about clown memes together and commiserate on quite possibly the scariest Halloween memory and the fact that we luckily didn't end up murdered before our 21st birthdays. This was eight years ago, and I will still always, always be terrified of clowns. Straight to jail for the sickos who thought this was a funny idea. I'm going to go with you on the fact that it doesn't feel like a funny prank when they run in and then they leave when they find out help is coming. Because any rational person would just take off their mask and be like, no, sorry, it's just me. It's just me. It's just me. Don't worry. It doesn't seem like that was happening. It seems like they were genuinely scared of somebody coming and seeing them. So, yeah. 
how do people find groups of people to do things with this for? How do people find accomplices? Like if somebody came to me and said, hey, do you want to dress up as a clown and go run into girls' apartments and scare the shit out of them? I would never agree to that. Like any guy, like they found a group of guys who were willing to do that. That was weird. Get a get a hobby. Okay. I think that we should end the episode with some dumb, dumb club entries. What do you guys think? I think that we should lighten the load and uh, read some of the dumb things you guys have been doing just to leave you with a little bit of happiness. Just just so you're not like having trouble sleeping. I want to end on some laughs. Okay, let's do it. If this one, if this one cheer you up, this is the most oddly specific one. I don't think I will ever get this dumb dumb club ever again. Also, I think it was, I don't know, one of the late night hosts, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, James Corden. I don't know which one, but they started asking for people to submit their basically dumb dumb club submissions, but they were having them use the hashtag I used to think. And uh, I'm a little bit mad that they found a better way to describe the dum dum club because that is what it is. It's things that you used to think. So stupid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I grew up in a home that banned all potty talk, potty jokes, jail. If we had to toot, we were taught to excuse ourselves to the bathroom and do so and then come back when we were done. Pee was a bad word and we were taught to say tinkle instead, but ideally try not to say the word at all. Poop was referred to as a BM. Well, here's where the dum dum club submission comes in. Fast forward 20 something years later and I'm married and asking my husband how to spell BM because my autocorrect and text kept doing the red line underneath and I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to spell it. <laughs> I tried B-I-E-M, B-E-E-Y-E-M, etc. Couldn't figure it out and Google wasn't helping either. My husband told me to use the word in a sentence and I said like, you know, I have to go to the bathroom to go BM. And he began busting out laughing and corrected me saying it's the letters BM and it stands for bowel movement. I couldn't believe it. Why had my parents never taught me this? The whole poop topic was so hush hush. I never thought to ask. My husband told me it was in this moment that the honeymoon of our marriage, the honeymoon phase of our marriage ended. <laughs> we were we weren't allowed to say any of those words either. But uh, yeah, we had too many boys. It was it was not going to happen. Now, now we thrive on potty humor. humor. OK, next one. Okay, so I feel like this one is pretty bad. I just recently found out because of the hurricane because of Hurricane Ian that my whole life I had thought that the Dakotas were the Carolinas and the Carolinas were the Dakotas, which has been so confusing because I've had friends go live in South Carolina and I was so confused what beach they were at because I thought it touched Canada. So then the only thing that made sense was that there's somehow a really large body of water between Canada and South Carolina, even though it didn't show up on a map, it had to be there. So then I was at work talking to my coworker and we were reading about the hurricane and it said something about how it's moving from Florida to South Carolina. And I looked at my coworker and said, that makes absolutely no sense. And she was like, why does that make no sense? And I said, because that's on the other side of the country. Plus Canada is in the way, I'm pretty sure. And she just looked at me and then I looked at her and then I pulled up a map and I've never been more embarrassed or confused. <laughs> The states are confusing. Okay. The most common dumb dumb club I get is that people think Alaska is by Hawaii because their whole life it was in a little box next to Hawaii when they like in classrooms. Like on the classroom map, Hawaii is always down, or sorry, Alaska is always down by Hawaii. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought lucrative and ludicrous meant the same thing. Not ludicrous the musician, but ludicrous as in crazy. Okay, I totally get that one. Oh my gosh, this one is a new one for me. I never knew this. Okay. I just found out that dupe is short for duplicate. 
So when somebody has a dupe of something, it's like a copycat or a duplicate of it. That is a new one. I love learning. I love learning new things. (laughs) Okay, next one. I thought that saying someone makes three figures meant that they made 100,000 plus. I just learned that the real saying is six figures. I'm 27 and I realized I've been saying it wrong my entire life. I am trying to emphasize how much money people make and I realize I'm doing the exact opposite. Imagine having a conversation with somebody being like, I'm really moving up in the world. I'm making three whole figures. I'm making $950 a year. (laughs) Okay. I love this one. I thought that Bohemian Rhapsody was a mashup of different songs that was arranged by the vocal, (laughs) arranged by the vocal adrenaline from Glee. I literally thought Glee was responsible for the masterpiece that is Bohemian Rhapsody. And it wasn't until maybe the movie came out that I realized that it was one song and one song only written by the most famous band of all time. And this last one, they say, Maddie, I still don't know how to use a semicolon. I'm in my late 20s and it still confuses me. I actually just wrote something and I used a semicolon and I don't know if it was correct, but the way I understand it is that you use a semicolon to, okay, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to define it in my own terms and then I'm going to Google it, Google it and see if I'm right. So I believe that you use a semicolon in the middle of a sentence that could be two, two complete sentences. So it's like the thing, the, the, the words on either side of the semicolon could be a sentence on their own, but I think it's like a stylistic choice. You want it to be one sentence, but you're separating the two thoughts. Okay, now let's ask my good friend Google how to use a semicolon. Okay, Google says that you use a semicolon to join two related independent clauses in place of a comma and a coordinating conjunction. I only know what a conjunction is because it's the uh, the acronym fanboys for and nor but or yet so. That's what it stands for. So you would do like a comma, but blah, 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 blah. But instead of a comma and but you put a semicolon. I don't think you ever need to use one. I think that you can probably just use a comma and a conjunction. Oh, and then they go on. Make sure when you use the semicolon that the connection between the two independent clauses is clear without the coordinating conjunction. So it's basically saying, that the, the, the words on either side are the, are complete sentences. I don't think it's necessary. I've never seen it required in any type of sentence. It is just for people who are nerds who want to sound smarter than everybody. And I would know because I used one today and I felt better than everybody. All right. That's all we have time for today. Don't worry. The spooky stories are not ending. We're going to be back next week and the week after with more of them. I haven't asked you guys to subscribe, rate, review in a while. I feel like I keep forgetting that. So if you could, you could go subscribe, rate, review, hit that five stars. That would be amazing. It helps the podcast a lot. It helps get on charts and helps other people find it. It's really, really the most helpful thing you can do. And also supporting our sponsors. That's another amazing way to support the podcast. If you want to go shopping, get a little discount, discover some new brands. I really, really appreciate you guys uh, supporting them as well and supporting me. So yeah, I think that's everything. I love you more than I can even say. So glad that you joined me. I hope that your spooky season is going amazing. And I will see you next week for another round of the Bood broadcast. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.